You know, I've been thinking a lot lately about how blessed we are and the privilege it is to have so much access to God's Word. And I recently read a, a book, it's a fantastic little book called God's Smuggler. Uh, it's about a missionary by the name of Brother Andrew and his story of how he would smuggle Bibles behind the Iron Curtain starting in the mid-1950s. And he would get these Bibles into the hands of churches and believers there and just miraculous stories. Very encouraging book to read of how God you know, opened doors just unbelievably to allow them to get these Bibles uh, into the hands of believers there when that was completely outlawed. But the thing that really struck me the most was to listen to his description of how believers would respond when they actually had a copy of the Bible. In fact, in many cases, they would provide one copy of Scripture in, in their you know, native language, wherever, whatever country it was in. They would provide one copy for an entire congregation. And the church would just go crazy. I mean, they, they were so thrilled to have a copy, a written copy of Scripture. And I, I read those stories, and it just made me think, man, how much do I take for granted? I mean, I, I have, I don't know how many copies of the Bible, and then most of us carry it around with us all the time on our phones. We have apps and other things so that we have access. Thankfully, what a blessing. We have access to God's Word literally 24-7. I mean, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we pretty much have access to scripture and yet why is it that we don't have a greater hunger for it why is it that we aren't diving more into it and praying through scripture as, as Judd led us to do there and I mean really letting it just kind of soak down into the core of who we are and there are a lot of different reasons we could give for why that's the case but you know one of them that may sometimes be a bit of a stumbling block for some is this idea that the Bible is so complicated and so intricate that I, as a common person, cannot understand it. Anybody ever felt that way? Felt intimidated by, if I open the Bible, you know, I'm probably not going to understand what I'm reading. And there are, there, there are periods in our history where the church taught people, you can't understand this. This isn't for common folks like you. Let us, let, you know, those of us who are educated, come to us and we'll tell you what God has to say. And, and there was this, this whole dark ages, we call it, where, where that was pretty much the mindset. And sadly, that continues in some cases to be the mindset today is, you know, let us, let, let the educated people be the ones to explain scripture. But, and, and it's true, by the way, that we need to educate ourselves. There are parts of, of the Bible that are difficult to understand, and we need to learn and educate ourselves and understand principles for interpreting the Bible and things like that. That's all very, very valid. But at the same time, there are certain parts of the Bible that are just so simple and so straightforward that there's just no question at all what it's trying to say. And, and today's passage is one of those. We're going to go to the last chapter in the book of Psalms today. We've been spending our summer in Psalms, and today we are in Psalm 150. So I'd invite you to turn there with me, and as we read these six verses together, let's just consider how simple and straightforward and blatantly obvious the message of this psalm really is. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. Praise Him with timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with strings and pipe. 
Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And in case you missed it, praise the Lord. Anybody have a hard time figuring out what his point is in Psalm 150? Pretty straightforward, isn't it? I mean, 13 different times in six verses, this, this phrase is repeated, praise the Lord. So that's what he's telling us to do. But the question is, what does that mean? When the Bible says, praise the Lord, what does that mean? I mean, when you hear that phrase, praise the Lord, I wonder what comes to mind for you. I'll tell you what comes to mind for me is that this is um, a very spiritual way of saying that's really good news. It, let me explain. You, you ever heard this before when somebody, you know, says something really good that happened and the really spiritual people respond by saying, oh, praise the Lord. For example, there were 96 kids that made decisions at BBS this summer. Praise the Lord. That actually happened, by the way. I'm not making that up. That literally happened here at Gateway. And we say, praise the Lord to that. The scan came back negative. There's no cancer. Praise the Lord. I got a promotion at work. Praise the Lord. We leave tomorrow for vacation to get out of this heat. Praise the Lord. My seven-year-old child ate a green vegetable for the first time in his life. Praise the Lord. That, that's typically how we use that phrase. But you ever hear somebody say, scan came back positive, they've discovered cancer. Praise the Lord. I got a demotion at work. Praise the Lord. It's going to be 110 for the next two months, and I'm not going anywhere. Praise the Lord. We don't use it that way, do we? We tend to use that phrase, praise the Lord, to mean I, this is good news. And yet today, as we dive into Psalm 150, I want us to consider the fact that we are to praise the Lord in the good times and the bad times. It doesn't depend on our circumstances. Praise the Lord is not reserved just for good news. But we are to praise God always. This word praise in the Hebrew, and there are a lot of different words that are sometimes translated, bless the Lord, praise the Lord. This particular one is a Hebrew word, halal, which means to shine. That's literally what that word means, shine. And so think about this, praise the Lord means to shine a light on God and his character. It's to reveal the beauty and the majesty of God. Now God is beautiful and God is majestic and he is all of those things, whether we recognize that or not. But by giving praise to him, what we're doing is we, we are shining a light on that so that it can be seen. You ever seen a, a beautiful, maybe a diamond or another precious gem or something that when it gets into the sunlight or in a certain type of light and it just sparkles and it's beautiful and it, it reveals its beauty. Ladies, when you first got engaged, if you got that, that first diamond, did you walk around, you know, doing this sometimes, just kind of playing with the sunlight and watching and how beautiful this is? Because light reflects the beauty. It reflects the, uh, the splendor of that precious gem. And in the same way, when we praise God, that's really what we're doing. We're shining a light on God's majesty. We're helping it to, to come to light and, and to be reflected and to see God sparkle, if you will, to, to, to just see God's beauty. And so the first thing that I want us to see today is that praise 
shines light on God's character. That's what we're doing when we are praising the Lord. We're shining light on God's character. Now, I want you to stick with me here for a minute because it's going to sound like I'm splitting hairs a little bit, but I think it's important for us to understand the difference between praising God and giving thanks to God. And both of those are, are completely biblical. You know, Psalm 100, enter his courts with thanksgiving and his gates with praise. I mean, we see both of those together. Both of them are biblical. But today, I want us to think about what's the difference of praising God versus thanking God. When we praise God, we are acknowledging his character. And we're acknowledging what he has done apart from what he has done for us. A praise has nothing to do with me. Thanksgiving, on the other hand, is I'm thanking God for what he's done for me, right? And both of those are important, and we're instructed in Scripture to do both of those things. Um, but it's more difficult, in my experience, to focus simply on praise and not to bring ourselves into it. A uh, week before last, Sean and I had a chance to go to Asheville, North Carolina, to the Billy Graham Retreat Center. It's called The Cove. If you ever get a chance to go to The Cove, go. It's amazing. It's beautiful. The people are wonderful. And, and we, we went for what's called a guided uh, personal spiritual retreat. It's a mouthful. But they, uh, we, we would meet um, in groups, large group in the morning and the evening, but then they would sometimes, and some of the time was just personal time with God, but they also put us in groups of three, or mine had four, uh, where we would get together and we would talk through what we were learning and we would pray together. And in one of those sessions, we were talking about the importance of praise, and it was really interesting because he gave instructions to the group. He said, I want you to have a prayer time focused only on praise. Don't bring anything personal into it. We're not, in this case, we're not thanking God for what he's done. We are simply focusing on praising God for who he is. And I was matched with three other men who were wonderful guys, just amazing guys, very mature in their faith, um, loved these guys, and we couldn't do it. We, we just couldn't do it. We, you know, we started, and, and everybody started praying, and it was like, it, we just couldn't ho just focus only on praise. Because it's so out of the norm for most of us. We're just not used to doing that. What comes more naturally is to thank God and to be grateful, which is a good thing, by the way. We should be grateful for the things that God has done. Uh, but when we, when we focus on praise, we're not saying, God, I'm, I'm acknowledging what you've done for me. I'm acknowledging what you've done in general. Uh, for example, it says in verse 1, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the mighty heavens. We talked a few weeks ago about God as the creator of all the heavens. That would be a great way to praise God, right? God, you are the creator. Your, your majesty is seen in all that, that you have created. And then you go down in verse 2, praise him for his acts of power. Well, that certainly is seen in creation, but think about God's acts of power that he has demonstrated. He's the creator of life itself. He is the one who heals. He is the one who brings back from life. He can bring the dead back to life. I mean, there, there's power in who God is. And then it goes on after, the, after that. It says, praise him for his surpassing greatness. Here's one of the things that I love about praising God is we will never run out of things that we can praise God for, right? Surpassing greatness is a really broad category, and there are so many things that we could praise God for. We could praise God for, for being just, for being kind, merciful, loving, compassionate, slow to anger, for providing salvation. I mean, all these things, and, and just on and on and on we could go. 
just with praise. And how often do we, do we really do that? But that's what the psalmist is uh, telling us to do, instructing us to do here, is to praise God. And you know, one of the reasons that praise is so powerful is because it forces us to verbalize God's goodness, as it says here, in spite of whatever circumstances we may be going through. And yes, it's wonderful to praise God when everything is good. But it's also important, maybe even more so, to praise God when we're going through really challenging times. When we're in pain and when we're hurting, we continue to praise God. I'm reminded of, of verses like James 1.17 that says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. And then listen to this last phrase, Who does not change like the shifting shadows. Hebrews 13.8 reminds us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the reason we can praise God regardless of our circumstances is that even though things change in our lives, God doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change like the shifting shadows. And so that gives us some stability. That gives us something that doesn't move. It's, it, we're not shooting at a moving target here. God is the same. And so we offer our praise. And it, it, it helps us. Especially when we're going through something really difficult. It helps us to, to get our mind off of our circumstances. And remember who God is. My good friend and fellow pastor Jeff Denton. Uh, from our community. A lot of you know his story. And and are praying for him. Uh, he was recently diagnosed uh, with cancer and uh, a very aggressive form of cancer. And uh, back on July 4th, uh, he posted something on his CaringBridge site, um, kind of giving an update on the report. And essentially the report is this, that apart from a miracle, which is 100% what I'm praying for with all of my heart, that God would do the miraculous. But apart from that, um, there's no cure. For what he's going through. And so that was, that was the report that he was given by the doctors. And, and he shared that because so many people wanted to know. He shared that in this post. But at the bottom of the post, um, he, he had some things to say that just was amazing. To me, it was exactly what we're talking about. And we're talking about praising God in spite of our circumstances. And, and by the way, I linked this um, in the online notes. There, there's a link to this if you want to go back to it. Because it would be worth going back to and, and reading again. Let me, just, let me just read what Jeff said. Keep in mind, Jeff's got really bad news on his condition, and this is what he writes. Some thoughts on who God is. This message includes some bad news that you may not have been expecting. That's true for me, but God has not changed. I would encourage you with these words about who God is. It is still true in both bad and good scenarios. We let God define our point of view for life, not the other way around. Consider praying these truths back to God with me. God, today I will remember you are eternal. You have always been and will always be. You see the beginning and the end simultaneously. Therefore, your people can trust your leading. 1 Timothy 1.17 You are unchanging. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And your eternal permanence we find stability and peace, Hebrews 13, 8. Your love, you know us best and still love us in spite of our frailty and sin. Your love is incomprehensibly vast, measureless in its length, 
depth, width, and height. Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. You're wise. You're the source of all truth and wisdom. You give wisdom generously to all without finding fault. James 1, 5. You are infinite. Your judgments are unsearchable and your ways are past finding out. Romans eleven thirty three. You are omnipresent. You are completely everywhere at all times. I'm never alone. Psalm 147, 5. You're faithful. You're my covenant-keeping God. You're always true to your word. Great is your faithfulness. 2 Timothy 2, 13. You're gracious. In Christ Jesus, you deposited grace to my account when I was bankrupt and declared my debt paid in full by your beloved son. Psalm 116, verse 5. You're sovereign. You alone have all authority. You said, I am the first and I am the last, and besides me there is no God. Isaiah 44, 6. You are majestic. Your holiness is beautiful beyond comprehension. Your glory is too marvelous for words. From all of eternity, you have been working wonders in creation, redemption, and providential care. Psalm 29.2 I choose to face whatever comes my way today with you, my glorious and awesome God. I can't give you a better example of praising God regardless of your circumstances than what Jeff wrote. And he's an amazing guy. And it's, it's encouraging to me to see, um, just to watch him you know, follow God through this. Uh, but whatever we go through, we, we need to be reminded that God doesn't change. He continues to be um, worthy of our praise. And so one of the things that praise does is it helps us to stay focused on his character. And so we need to verbalize those things. But as you read on in Psalm 150, we see that praise is about more than just words we speak. Because in verse 3, it begins to shift a little bit. And it says, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet and the harp and the lyre and the timbrel and dancing and strings and pipe and cymbals and all these different ways that, that we can praise God. And, and in this instance, he's talking about music. One of the ways that we praise God is through music. I mean, we do that every Sunday, and these guys are up here every week on stage using the gifts that they have, whether it's playing an instrument or using their voice or whatever it may be, to praise God. So the second thing that I want you to see today is that we praise God with more than words. I mean, words matter. Words are important. But we praise God with more than words. The immediate context, of course, here is instrument and dancing and, and just that being an expression of praise made me think about David in the Old Testament. You remember when, when they went and they recaptured the ark and they were bringing the ark back into the city of David and it says that they began to dance before the Lord and they were playing their instruments and they were praising God. In fact, it says that David's wife, Michal, saw him and she, she was mad. She thought that this, the way he was dancing around and just was not befitting for a king. And, um, but David didn't care. And, and that reminded me that when we praise God, it's about us using whatever form we can to express praise to God. It's not about worrying about what other people think. And I wonder sometimes if our concern about what others think gets in the way of us offering unhindered praise to God. 
I know that's been the case for me in the past. In fact, I, I remember as a, um, a, 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 a younger believer and earlier in my days, and some of you may know my story, I share this from time to time, but I came to Christ as a high school student, and that's when God really began to change, change my heart. And, um, but what I knew of church, at least, big church at that time, was a more formal type of a setting. And then I went away to school, and while I was at Baylor, I was a part of a ministry led by a guy named Louis Giglio. You may know his name, Passion Ministry Stuff, and, and just an amazing guy. And they would have these, these worship experiences, and, and we would worship together, and then Louis would teach. And um, It's called Choice Ministries. It was, it was a, a great, very influential um, time in my life. But I remember going to these uh, worship services, and I would see people kind of raising their hands and doing things. I'm like, I, I've never seen that before. And it seemed a little strange to me at first, quite honestly. And then I, I began to, you know, kind of see it in Scripture. I was like, well, you know what? The Bible does kind of talk about that a little bit. But, but I'll just be honest with you. Where I was coming from for many, many years was I'm not so sure I'm comfortable with that because I'm going to look strange or maybe I'm going to be a distraction to somebody. Or There's all these different things of, you know, reasons why I got to hold back. And it wasn't so much because that's not the direction I felt God wanted me to go. It was more, I'm concerned about how I will appear to other people. I kind of got past that. And, um, but I wonder, I wonder if, if, if anybody can relate to that today. And whether it's musical expression or expression in some other form in your life, if there's this hindrance of, I wonder what other people would think. Well, we praise God by using whatever, uh, whatever form we have to give praise to Him. In other words, we praise God with everything that's in us. More than words alone, as, as important as words are, but we praise God by incorporating all that we are in our praise. So how do you do that? Well, we, we take whatever we have and offer it as praise to God. You know, if... If you're a, a musician, then great. Use your instrument or use your voice to praise God. If you are an artist, then praise God through the way that you create art. If you are an athlete, praise God through the way that you prepare and compete. If you're a teacher, praise God through the way that you invest in and, and lead your students. And whatever your job, if you're sweeping floors or if you're running a Fortune 500 company, praise God through your work ethic and the way that, that you invest in your people around you and the things that you do. If you're a stay-at-home parent, praise God through the way that you love and lead your kids in the home. I mean, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we, we use that as an expression of praise to God. That's the point here. And one of the wonderful benefits of doing that when we develop a lifestyle of praise is that it reflects everything back toward God. It takes the, the spotlight off of self. One of the things we were talking about uh, Tuesday night in our connect group, we were, we were just talking about how difficult that can be, that, that pride is one of those things that I think every one of us struggles with, and, and this is ingrained in us from the time that we're little, is to be proud of certain things and take pride in this and pride in that and... and you know, I'm all for having a, you know, a positive, uh, some, some self-confidence and things like that. But here's the point. Where does that come from? Does that come from I'm smart, 
I'm athletic, I'm good-looking, I'm, you know, is it something like that? Or does it come from the fact that, that I know who I am in Christ? I know who God sees me as. I, I know that I'm loved by God. And, and see, that, that's what praise does. It takes the focus off of me. I can still feel loved and confident and all those things, but it's because of who God is, not because of who I am or something that I could take credit for. In fact, in Psalm 14, we're, we're, we've been in the Psalm so much, Psalm 14, 2 and 3 says, The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. That tells you, it's pretty clear. We have nothing to bring to the table. But God loves us anyway. In fact, he loves us so much that he sent his only son to the cross for us. He allowed him to take our sin upon himself, and God poured his wrath out upon his own beloved son who died in our place so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could be brought into the family of God. God doesn't love us because we earn it or because we're good. God loves us because he is good. And because Christ has earned that on our behalf. And when we understand that, how could we respond any way other than to praise God? I mean, if I realize, you I mean, I'm loved and cherished by God and, and, and my life matters and all of this, but it's not because of me, it's because of him? Well, then, absolutely, I'm going to praise God for that and respond in praise. That's the appropriate response when we understand who God is and what he has done for us. And you know, this whole idea of praise is it's just, it's so much bigger even than just us. I mean, Psalm 66, 4 says, all the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. All the earth gives praise to God. And in Luke 19, when the Pharisees were criticizing Jesus, because he was coming in, making his triumphal entry, and the disciples were praising God and making, a, you know, making quite a scene. The Pharisees criticized them, and listen to Jesus' response in Luke 19, verse 40. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. See, God has given us the opportunity to praise. We said, if you don't do it, all of creation will do it. The stones are going to cry out. God is going to be praised. But he invites us into that process and he gives us the opportunity to praise him. And he's worthy of that. And that's why it says 13 times in six verses, praise the Lord. And then it ends. The very last phrase in this book of Psalms, this book that, 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 are, that are songs of, of worship to God. The very last phrase in the book of Psalms, praise the Lord. That's there for a reason. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So do you have breath in your lungs today? You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You see, God is worthy to be praised. Whether your times are good, whether your times are bad, or somewhere in between, God is worthy to be praised. 
And if you're going through a difficult season in your life, look, I understand that that's hard. That's not to be downplayed. I'm telling you, the best thing you can do, even in, especially in the difficult seasons, is to praise God. So give Him praise. In fact, we're going to do that today. We're, we're going to have a time where we can just focus a little bit of, of just praising God. In a minute, I'm going to pray for us, and our team's going to come and, and lead us through a song. It's a song called Worthy that just focuses on who God is and how worthy He is. And I want us to use this time kind of as, as just our preparation of, God, I'm responding in faith to what you've, what you've said today. We're just going to use this time to do what we've said and I don't know what that looks like. You can come kneel on the, here before the altar if you want to. You can, you can sit where you are. You can stand. You can, I don't care what you do. But during this time, just let it be a time that, that you truly express praise to God for who he is. So let's pray and ask God to prepare our hearts for that. Father, I do pray right now that you, Lord, will prepare our hearts today. Lord, I pray that, that, that you will... Um, just help us to see you as you are. Lord, as we shine the light on you and we seek to, to let your beauty and your splendor be displayed today, Lord, remind us, God, you are worthy of our praise. And so, Lord, over these next few minutes, let it just be a time that we remember your goodness and faithfulness and who you are. And we give you praise, Lord, because you're worthy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.